0: Right, we we're, we're, were recording yeah we're recording hey everyone welcome to the podcast Dr. Jay rich here sitting with Dale Holmes on his podcast and Chris Powell uh Dale congratulations man that was like what ten, nine nine weeks or ten weeks of camp nine weeks straight. nine yeah, weeks yeah, yeah, yeah. of camp yeah it was a and lot they yeah. were all full I went I think I went one week and it was like kids and bikes and kids, and bikes, and smiles, it was
1: awesome. Yeah, no, definitely, it was, it was a lot of work, it was uh, nine weeks, five days a week. We did our whole camp uh, down at Chula Vista, so I wanted to say big shout out to Tyler Brand for letting me come down, literally set up my truck, uh, tents, and I, I basically based there for, for nine weeks, but we had our best summer, uh, numbers were up, and uh, got a lot of new kids in, a lot of retention, and uh, yeah, I was super stoked, super tired, but super stoked, and. You know, just just shout out to Tyler and his wife because uh, they made it, you know, just professional good people and it was uh, a pleasure to work with them and on top of it all, I got, rode my bike the hell of a lot, so. So check this out.
0: So, I'm at home at some point this summer and my brother-in-law comes over with his nephew and his, and my brother-in-law's like, hey, do you know a guy named Dale, Dale, Hol- Dale Holmes? He's like, yeah. He's like, Reza, his son, just went to a camp down there in Chula Vista. Oh, so I think told me. So yeah, my yeah, nephew yeah. went to
1: your camp, and Reza. they didn't even yeah, yeah, they didn't even know like right. They weren't expecting it. So well, it we cool. get a lot of people like friends of friends that are coming, and we get the memo. But then by the time I'm doing camp and 40, yeah. thirty, forty, fifty kids, but the kids, cool it's but, but the cool
0: part about that is like I did not tell them about it. Right, they right, and out. they found out through the YMCA, and like come back to me telling me about your camp. Right, that's. That's reach. That's yeah, cool. Like, that's some,
1: what we want for BMX. We get some good word of mouth. Now. Yeah, you know, like say it's not everyone's reading your social media or you know the stuff that you put in ads. That damn so,
0: algorithm, man. That oh damn algorithm. I'm killing everybody into. Speaking of algorithm, Chris, <laughs> 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 how does Better Bus manage the algorithm? Because you guys are growing like crazy.
2: Yeah, we've got a gal in her now who's dedicated to doing our socials and all our campaigns. So uh, she'd be the one to ask. All right, I'm, we'll ask her. You. You're doing legal stuff. Yeah, my socials are are pretty limited. Tell us a little bit about BetterBus. Yeah, so um, Betabuz Coffee is a local San Diego chain of shops. Started in 2002 with just a single kiosk. Uh, The owner and his wife started it after uh, the owner, Tim, sold his dirt bike to uh, fund the cart. He was, at the time, an amateur motocross racer uh, about ready to break into the pro ranks and yeah he's just a, a great racer he was killing it. it was lined up to have a pc ride and you know it was legit at the top of his sport but just couldn't stay healthy and after string accidents he decided to move on to the next challenge and sold his dirt bike instead started a coffee base so since then they've grown it into uh uh, nine current locations in San Diego. We're opening our 10th in a few weeks in La Jolla. Oh, cool. So we do everything small batch, organic coffee, roasted here in San Diego. And then all our own beans are then distributed throughout the stores. So it's um, quite an amazing company to be a part of.
1: You met these guys through mountain biking, right?
2: Yeah, I, I met Tim on Strava racing <laughs> racing <laughs> bikes on the oh, internet. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so at, at the time I, I had just found out about Strava and it kind of remotivated me to go push myself riding and um, you're kind of the local hero on that yeah, I was like the local hero but I didn't yeah. want anybody to know who I was right. so I, I used uh, you know a pseudonym or a screen name so that nobody right. would know and then uh after you know a few months of winning the internet well, all of a sudden some guy shows up and i start getting all these emails you know you lost your kom and i'm sitting at work getting like 10 15 of them at a time or something just like what in the heck yeah, he's crazy competitive yeah so i you know I, who is this guy tim langdon and uh you know after that happened for a couple months or so there was a, a local race that was coming up um an enduro race here in san diego and he had left a comment that he was going to go but he didn't know what class to race he said he wanted to race beginner because he never raced mountain bikes before and now I'm just like oh this guy's got to be messed with me what are you talking about (laughs) because he's beaten you know he's beaten me and he's beaten all the other pros internet times and uh, we convinced him to show up and race pro and he did and I met him and he was wearing gym shorts running shoes and on a cross country mountain bike and it was just a big blow to my confidence right. and everybody else because i'm on like the most high end tricked out mountain bike with you know titanium bolts everything and ceramic bearings i mean you name it my he bike played addict. at sean palmer yeah and, and he <laughs> just showed up and he's on the wrong equipment the wrong outfit i mean you name it but he just had just raw incredible talent on a bike and just totally fearless and was smoking all of us and I instantly knew I had to be his best friend and um, you know ever, ever since that race yeah we've been uh, good friends and the relationship just developed over time and then fast forward four or five years or so the company's had uh, a large amount of growth and some exciting opportunities for the future. It made sense for me to come here full- time as in-house counsel.
1: Yeah that's cool super cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit to Chris about pump track and stuff, but before we do that, we wanted to maybe shout out to a couple of our good buddies, Basta Beaver.
0: Yeah, Thunder congrats. Dan. <laughs> so, we got, yeah, there's a lot of big stuff going on, so yeah. Basta Beaver winning the, what is it, Masters, Masters World Title in Downhill, mm-hmm. um, not on a B1, <laughs> 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 but he won, so that was nice. Uh, Brian Lopes. Second. Second place. Um, Thomas in his Misser. Ca- Thomas Misser, so... Yeah, he won that won that category, and Joe Lawwell, Joe Lawwell yeah. with the third, so making Shimano proud. So it was nice to see. I mean, I was actually upset that race wasn't like broadcast or televised because I, wanted to, watch, color, I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch yeah. those guys ride. I mean, yeah. they're. I, I got to ride with Brian at, at Snow Summit, and it's like, it's a, it's an honor, right? Because yeah. like we raced each other in BMX, whatever. Like, okay, I snapped you, you snapped me, but to ride with him in that element and see how good he really is and how mm-hmm. fast he really is is really you know it's honor it's it's an honor and like learn from him still because me and javier were there that day and it's like dude he's so fast like we made us feel really
1: good. slow on our mountain bikes and it know? shows our good thomas we were talking about on the phone last night how good thomas mr was, there was oh two gosh. mr brothers weren't they yeah and no then, those are the Vasquez. no bro. no no there's missus two, two, is there two, two? Powell, uh, or something I but know. i remember he was a top three five yeah, guy. yeah he was Cubs. a world cup guy yeah And I looked at his social media. I mean, huge following. Oh yeah, you know, dude's in his forties. So shout
0: out to oh, and then we have the Hall of Fame coming up, right? So shout out to Everett Rosecrans. I'm sure he's given you a pair of Vans before.
1: Way back, yeah,
0: way back. Yeah. So Everett Rosecrans, long overdue. Jamie Lilly. Jamie Lilly, overdue, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else? Thunder Dan. Nelly. Nelly got in, and then probably amongst one of the harder. I mean, you were on that ballot.
1: Yeah, but I think the Rock Stumpy
0: was on that ballot. Alié was on that. Ba- I mean, Romero. Romero was on that ballot. That's a that's a tough one Wade to vote Boots. for. Wade. Yeah. So wasn't like there was another. No, but I ballot. think Danny. I mean, was Thunder for overdue. sure is.
1: Yeah, I think out of that group, our group, I, I, I personally think Hayden should be in there. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And then after that, yeah, then it's, it gets it gets tough. Yeah. What I did think about, and first of all, I, I didn't think, a lot of people. Um, oh, Bestwick. Jamie Bestwick, Jamie in, Bestwick there, so. in Freestyle. Yep, a lot freestyle. of people said Stumpy should have got it, and I disagree with that. First of all, I think Stumpy should have be been way before me if I ever have a chance. Stumpy's but got his place in there, but Thunder for sure. I mean, It yeah. won all three major titles, and I actually did a bit of research because I've seen a lot of people, you know, this should be Stumpy. Uh, Danny won all three titles before Stumpy won even his first 20-inch title. Stumpy yeah. won a lot of cruisers. Correct, and cruiser does count. Obviously. Just barely. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. barely. <laughs> but I think before Stumpy went on more of a roll, whenever you know our era was kind of, you know, it's more of a Kyle St- Bennett. Uh, Stumpy was yeah 2000s. definitely hit his stride in the 2000s, and then Danny had already won everything yeah. by 2000s. But, but the, the
0: bottom line is yeah, yeah. Dan- Danny's up there with like a Maris or a Willoughby. Like at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and Ellis, and and Danny has had. A successful I mean even as an amateur yes. As a Factory dude Nine expert He was probably more famous Than a lot of the
1: pros so, Yeah you know, I And that's there was why whole... I think Hayden as well Because I, mm-hmm. I don't know What the rules are Everyone's got their own What If it's ABA Shit I've never even been yeah. In the top well, there's, five There's
0: performance But there's also like who you are in the magazine and your legacy,
1: uh, right? Hayden was on the cover of BMX exactly. Actions, Diamondback World Championships. exactly. A lot of a lot of amateur stuff that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know what the rules are. If it's more of a based off ABA, some of its
0: popularity, yeah. some of its like, all, I mean, it's all of it, right? So yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Greg, Coach G, about some of it too, and I think I, I think there's certain things that people. I think there's just certain people where do we really like? There doesn't need to be a vote, right? Like. Christophe Levesque, did you have to vote for that? Yeah, you know, yeah. Danny, do you have to vote for that? Like, right. you win all three major titles, you're in. Like, it's just an in. I think period. it's 500 votes. I think. Yeah, I know, but mm. like, if you're yeah, if you're absolutely. a if you are UCI world champion, ABA champion, NBL mm. champion, like, do you really have to vote for that guy to right. like? Like, we'll, like, are we really going to have to vote for Sam Willoughby to be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. Or Amaris down the line? Like, come on. Like, right. They should
1: just be automatic. Yeah, no, or a you smaller You know, someone committee. like you or I, sure. <laughs> but a smaller committee. Right, for, right a committee. To, I, to, I'm to, not running, by the way. I am not running, right. but... Um, yeah. I think they should have a game-changer... Hall of Fame because like Ali, let's oh. say Ali was in that bunch there. Ali Gillevic, they were but game, Levesque game changers. Ali a game changer. Yeah, they were game changers. There's only game changers every ten Marist, years. Harris, yeah. Bubba Harris. Bubba, you know, Bubba was a game changer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Made like, us pedal to the finish
0: line. <laughs> 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 and Mike Day and Donnie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: anyway, I, I mean, it's a good conversation, and I I enjoy just me and you always BSing about that stuff. It's always fun, you know. And I know a lot of people feel the same, but some people get really heated about. Yeah. And know, and Donnie Robinson's dad. Why? Because he was actually willing to take on Steve Melman. Yeah, yeah, he is a medal for that. Is crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. Alright, so let's move forward. What should we talk about a little bit? I know it's all sort of been covered a lot in Tori's podcast and you know it's kind of a month away now, but worlds, I don't know if you wanna if you wanna touch on worlds, you know, at least post um, winning. yeah, at um, least
0: post winning, a very convincing win start to finish. I yeah. know the 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 last straight is, you know, a sensitive area for her, mm-hmm. so Killed it, start to finish. That was awesome. And Twan Van Gantt... Yeah, that was good I day. mean, dude, like, I'm glad to see him back up to form. It's funny. He was kind of a sleeper. He'd had some injury, didn't quite find his speed or his legs beneath yeah. him in some of the World Cups, but he showed up to Belgium like, like, Twan, Van Gant, like, first, like Twan Van Gent. like the Olympic Twan Van Gent and he was just... He motored and actually kind of kept it consistent in China because he was in second place. He just ended up, I think, in that third straightaway, he, like, over-jumped or cased a
1: jump kind of and then... But I thought, I, around. I watched him in China and, and I've been watching his Instagram stories for the last two or three weeks. So Is I'm he like, still celebrating? He's still celebrating. He's so a little, he probably did... Jeff pretty, a, little yeah, bit, yeah. a little bit? Yeah, yeah. He's still been partying, yeah. so... Well, good um, for him. Yeah, so I thought second or third, whatever he got was pretty pretty good. Yeah, but, well, he's
2: got a rainbow jersey, so yeah. He's, you know... he's a big winner. Yeah, that final was pretty insane. He checked out down the first straight... And then, and then checked up in the, yeah, the second I mean, straight. A whole lot of things happened on that second straight. Yeah. Uh, one, I don't know how he saved mm. that. What is that second double in the process? Yeah, that, like just sucked it up. Sheer too much, will started and How he didn't end is beyond me. But I mean, he lost a significant amount of momentum when that happened. And I'm
0: sure he was thinking like everyone's going to go around me, but then for sure he had to have been
2: like, right. Yeah, he had good. to have just thought like I, I just threw it away because that was a, a massive yeah. mistake. And then. Um, when Graf got balled up going into the second turn and uh Joris crashed with Joris, yeah, I mean that that opened back up the door, and it was just, uh, a wild, wild race, yeah.
1: And Joris is still pretty banged up looking at his Instagram, yeah. But I felt yeah. bad
0: for him, um, just because he's such a great competitor. I just you hate don't to crash see him much, out. Right and he doesn't there, crash yeah. much yeah. or hard, um, so that was that was a bit of a bummer, but it, you know, at least. He wasn't too far from home, and you know there's people around him. So get well, get well wishes to the to Joris, and and hopefully he's he's back sooner rather
1: than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pan-Nams, Panams, Panams, Panams. You're a former Pan Panam winner, Panam champion. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Panams count. They do count. Not for Team USA this year. they really sending team... their B team. I think it was a more of a junior development, development
0: thing. Right. Um, I don't know what was the deal with that decision. I don't know if the elites maybe chose not to go. I don't know. Yeah, um, it, definitely curious. I would think any time there's there's like a legitimate medal up for grabs, yeah, I would think that you'd want you would want to send you know your best that you can. But maybe there's there's something we don't know about or a plan that that you know it's just they they want to develop the younger riders and if they want to develop their younger riders, that's cool. But I will say this: I don't think it's USA Cycling's. Responsibility to develop the younger riders.
1: The responsibility. I think it's the
0: younger riders' responsibility to develop themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in my opinion. Just like I mean, don't get me wrong, okay. I think there should be support. Right. Right? But get yourself to that but like as far first. as development, it's like, well, you know, you you can go out and sprint, you can go out and race, and you can go out and get the experience. So like waiting, I'm using air quotes people for, you know, the government to kinda of say, Hey, let's mm-hmm. develop you, it's like mm, like you can hop on a plane and go to europe and um whether you go fund me or you sell bike parts or you do a bake sale or you're just <laughs> or you independently wealthy but get that experience internationally yeah i mean that's what we did yeah or you came to the u.s for it so
1: it's a different mentality now i think I you see a lot of them complaining when they're not on national teams and stuff I it's know. like you got time you're just going to make it happen yourself and eventually but work. that's
0: that's the point right from a mindset standpoint like that that ability to like the willingness like not waiting for someone else i'm not calling these other guys out for that happening i'm just saying in general like i think i think i just don't think it's necessarily usa cycling's responsibility to did do it did you
1: fund yourself chris on the world cups at the start i know you got on some good teams eventually but
2: yeah at the start i had the help of my parents use like profiles
1: so, so it's probably somewhat smallish issue right at the start yeah so
2: for racing what at the time was the norba series which was uh the United States Space Mountain Bike Series. I had some help from Profile and was able to sleep on the couch. Thanks, Thermite. And, uh, but <laughs> still there I, as well. Yeah, right? exactly. yeah, yeah. and thank you still, Thermite. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but when I started in World Cups for the first handful that I did, um, my parents helped me go, and we went as a family and did some vacation stuff as right. well. And you know really cool experiences just outside of doing bike races. But uh, luckily, I did well enough at the first few mountain bike World Cups that I did that I was able to start getting support from Specialized mm-hmm. the next year. Mm-hmm. And then I had a budget to travel with staff and, and do it at the, the best elite level.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I remember you did all the World Cups, weren't you? You, you did downhill as well yeah. after Full Cross, didn't you I, that? I did a handful
2: of them. My goal was just to make a world cup final right i I really didn't have any aspirations to be a a, a world cup downhill racer just because i think i have too much of a uh, a sense of self-preservation to hang it out enough to to be able to win but i wanted to make a final so for one year i had a downhill bike on the the truck that traveled around europe to all the races (laughs) and if i went to the track and the track was something that i felt comfortable on uh i'd Try and qualify and do the race. So I wound up qualifying in Lady Alps. I think I qualified like 40th or something. It kind of like blew That's my mind. Good yeah, they like, take 62. Yeah, well, the time they were taking 80. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, I was like, you know, exceeded my expectations by far, and uh, I was super stoked. And then in the very first turn of the race run, I crashed and got super bad whiplash. And it was, a for some reason, it was four-cross in the evening and downhill in the morning. Right. And it was a split venue. So I crashed up on the mountain, right, like 30-minute drive from four-cross. My neck froze up. And then I had to go race four-cross. And, like, I I could barely. And get some gate starts. Uh, Oh, it was awful. And so, like, I was like, all right, I I accomplished my goal. I made a final. Right. Uh, You know, I I was getting uh, not only a paycheck to race four-cross – and not downhill, but you know, four cross was my goal and my yeah. passion. So like it didn't make sense to keep taking the risks to do it.
1: I don't know if we asked you last time we did a podcast, because probably over a year ago now. What was your best four cross for you? You know, what what you felt about you know result wise or best result, best result would result? have been
2: a a third at a World Cup. What was that? Yeah, that was in Brazil. Brazil, and then I got a fourth in Italy. Uh, won a few what national. Is- I was, yeah, like, no it was was good after, there. After yeah, after Norba's, yeah.
1: But it was still, sport cross was pretty deep, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, at the time. Mm. Um, um, yeah, world won semi. Won a lot of small finals. Yeah, world semi. Didn't you really.
1: uh, make it in Fort William one year? Two? Make the main?
2: No, I made You semi. crashed Procops. I, crashed, I got a picture yeah, of it. Yeah, I crashed everybody. Right. Just steamrolled people in the first right <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah. <laughs> So that that race was great. So that was a quarterfinal where I got into it with a Pro Cop. Right. <laughs> got his rainbow jersey dirty. Sorry, bud. And then uh, in the semis, it was Nathan Rennie, who was a, you know, one of the greatest yeah. of his uh, cohort down at Racers i think sam hill and robin bellucci so i had just gone through earlier heats of just having stacked moto after right. stacked moto got to my semi and thought i had a boat ride right you know got like a, a good snap got the whole shot and then crashed myself in the first turn. right was that, that was tough like that first thing was short. wasn't it? that's racing for you
1: yeah cool so pan going back to panam's jason uh, campo pigeon one obviously that was easy for her um Campo, like again, he was winning the semis at the Worlds and crashed. Yeah. Which he it, last but year. it doesn't
0: surprise me that Campo won. Yeah, no, and no, I it's think, like he put I it think together. if anyone, you know, should have won, it would be him. I would think that. So, congrats. And just got married. He just got married. So, congratulations to Campo and his recent nuptials. Also, another congratulations. Who? Tommy Zula. You got married? Bro- no. Oh, he won Crankworks. He yeah, won Crankworks' R- yes, hum track,
2: I believe. Con- convincingly.
0: Convincingly. Yeah. So,
2: congrats, Tommy Zula. Yeah. Yeah. And, um,. Been, yeah, that's he's, cool. He's been on mountain bikes now for a couple of years. Oh, I've, yeah, I've been uh, watching the live webcasts of yeah. Crankworks, and I met him at Sea Otter, and I've been seeing him ride. He's a talented bike oh, rider. Yeah, he's a lot of fun.
0: He, we rode Greer. Um, just a big crew of us, and he, yeah, he's he was a fun kid to ride with. So. Yeah, no, I
1: watched his videos, and it's like he got a. What is it? DK. It's the mountain bike brand. Airborne. Airborne. So. Yeah. No,
0: he's got a good. He's got a good little. He's got a good spot there. His socials fun and. Yeah. He's good. He's he's one of the
1: smarter guys. Didn't see really double A like not much looking. Is like hopped on the mountain bike side. Well, you
0: know what I like about it. He looks like he's actually having fun. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Well, he he took it to next level uh, at the pump drag. I mean, nobody else was even like. It wasn't even like. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: I actually stopped watching after he won semis. Oh, it was was just bad. Yeah. I figured I, I didn't want to wait for, you know, 20 minutes or whatever it yeah. was so they want to run yeah. the next one. But also another interesting point is what well, he won uh, this year. Last year, Colin Hudson won. Yep. The year before it was little... It was um, da- Daniel Franks? Was it the Australian? No, no,
0: no. It was um, the guy who got popped. Oh, Bodie Turner. Bodie. Bodie Turner, yes. so that's yeah. right. Yeah.
2: And, and I don't recall who won four years ago, but that's at least three out of four years where BMXers have – pretty much dominated yeah. that event You so. know, on DK, <laughs> yeah, DK right. is. and oh, Barry has one Yeah, yeah. It isn't to maybe.
1: talk about it
0: yeah. yeah. well there you go so D, maybe, maybe. Rapid DK and you'll end up winning oh. prime Yeah. <laughs> well that's cool it's <laughs> kind of like keeping with their kind of core like if you think about the, the BMX pros they've had and you know with Robbie and Neil yeah. and it's kind of like yeah you know, it's very like good heritage yeah it's a good heritage it kind of keeps with the story
2: yeah I'll take that when all you guys get tired of doing sprints out there in your 20s come jump on our tails and ride pump tracks pump tracks ton of fun
1: well I was watching I'm sure you guys have been watching some of the footage from Crankworks. I was just looking at that I was uh, following I was, 100% it was so this, fun the, the whole two that weeks yeah everything just, yeah. I, so McGrath was yeah. there and okay. just like oh also oh, so
0: another congratulations to a BMXer who's is Jordy Scott who did I think she got a couple podiums at crankworks. I forget the events but Jordy Scott riding for Hyper and Eric Carter's crew and so that's cool man I mean she's like yeah she's going to have a long long career probably because she chose to to cross over and I'm sure she can still race BMX if she wants to
1: right yeah BMX you should definitely look at that uh, option if you're looking for long term uh, at least trying to make a living out of riding a bicycle hey well
0: you You know, know it's all two wheels Hashtag All Wheels Matter. Chris. Keep it
1: going, Dale. What else we got? Okay. Uh, I guess that, that, that kind of rolls into pump track, you know. That's why I wanted to talk to Chris, you know, because was always cool to talk to you. But obviously we've got our pump track here. Um, so maybe share the stories on the Highland.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'd be happy to. And I've had a lot of people reach out after ours open and just want to know, you know, how we did it and what mm-hmm. they can do to, to get theirs. So thank you, everybody, for reaching out. Um, I've tried to respond in as much depth as I can to everybody, but thanks for having me on the podcast so we could talk about this just because I feel like I could reach more people to you know, not only share what my story is but talk about the experience afterwards and how that might be able to help anybody who's motivated push for having pump track or bike park-type facilities in their local parks. So I guess the story for, for my park started was... Uh, I moved into a, a new housing development about 15 years or so ago that was slated to have a community park built at you know, some point in the future. And uh, fast forward many years, when the public facilities started to move through the planning process, the developer asked local residents to form a committee who then would gather public input Uh, for what types of facilities we'd like to see go into the park. So when I heard about that opportunity, I volunteered to serve as a representative for the specific area that I live in. And then I wound up being on a board with six or seven different representatives from the local resident communities and school district and a commercial area where there's like a shopping center, things like that. So from there, we, we went through a, about eight or nine months of public hearings where people from the communities had the opportunity to come in and um, say what they would like in their local community park. And I may or may not have packed many of those meetings with not only my friends, but lo- local riders and whatnot to come and show support for um, you know, having a, a bike-type facility like a pump track. And after we went through these these meetings, uh, we started whittling down on what types of facilities we'd want to have in there. And the pump track made it through the initial cut. I got everybody on the committee on board, but unfortunately, uh, Parks and Rec, who was overseeing the process, uh, they just nixed it instantly. And it was uh, it was pretty devastating to show up at you know our, our monthly meeting and have a representative there just come in and totally put the, the squash on it. and was just like, no way, we can't do it. And uh, I had the opportunity to more or less cross-examine her on, on these hearings, and I was like, well, why, why can't we do it? What are you basing your opinion on? And she's like, well, we don't know how to develop it. We don't know how to maintain it. And we and those are fair reasons not to do it. Yeah, No, absolutely. So she said that she had spoken with someone who operated a pump track and uh, said that it would need to be rebuilt almost every year and the maintenance costs would just be too high and so on and so forth. So I'm, you know, well, there's no pump tracks in San Diego, so who did you speak with? And it turns out she spoke with one of the local BMX operators. She spoke to a guy at a BMX track. So once I found out that there was a disconnect between what Parks and Rec thought we were proposing and what it is that we were actually proposing, I had the opportunity to meet with various people at Parks and Rec and really educate them about what it was specifically that we were proposing. And I I think that's a a number one tip I can give to people is when you're passionate about bikes, you know, everything is very simple and, and common to you. But most people that aren't in our circle, when they hear, I want to have a bike track or a bike facility, their minds instantly go to things that they associate with bikes like X Games and Extreme Sports. And that's not necessarily what you're trying to do with something like a pump track, right? So Mm -hmm. you really have to educate them about what it is specifically that you're trying to do with a pump track and things that really, really help are... Um, you know, pictures that you can find, pull off the internet of kids riding pump tracks. Um, You know, there's some really good shots out there of uh, showing pump tracks just looking really, you know, really, really scenic, like some of the Velo Solutions Mm -hmm. pictures, all these things, right? Like, and and you can show how this is a, you know, really is a cool looking addition that you could have you know your local community parks
0: so the push and the pushback will always be safety the pushback will always be cost maintenance and so highlighting highlighting the fact that it can be safe highlighting the fact that riders can ride at at their own level as they progress um and that it you know maintenance can be really minimal to zero um like a concrete pump track i mean there's really once it's built it's it's essentially good luck getting rid of it, right? Like, yeah, that's right. It's always I mean, there.
2: The, the risks are, I would say, less than escape park. I would so say that, so. the, the risk argument doesn't really hold water with me. The maintenance issue for Surrey Ch- is a huge one for communities and land managers just because they typically don't have the funds mm-hmm. for maintenance. So if you... In that's my, an employee yeah in, chances in, are they're union chances are there's benefits i'll say it you don't have to yeah. say it but I'll, i mean so
0: we know how that works well, so yeah.
2: so in my experience most places if they will allow you to have dirt facilities they're going to want to have uh, either a lease for the land or they're going to want to have an operating agreement where they're hiring someone or an entity to come in and be responsible for the maintenance because they're not going to want to do it mm-hmm. themselves um that's not ideal because then you have to have someone else that's going to be responsible. Then they need for an us. operator, and then
0: it's just there's always yeah. this extra mechanism every year, every time that contract yeah. is up. You know,
2: even if you do soil tack or a slurry finish on top of dirt, you're still going to have to reapply that. You know, at whatever the intervals are, depending on how weathered uh, the track gets because of rain or you know use from the amount of riders and things like that. So then that leaves you with. Uh, either an asphalt finish or a concrete finish Uh, in our situation the city was concerned about doing it out of asphalt because there's not a robust operating history with pump tracks for how long the maintenance intervals are with asphalt the only thing that they had that was somewhat analogous was having to resurface tennis courts which crack and need to be refinished every 8 to 10 years or so or that's what they said but The city had a really, really long operating history with skate parks. San Diego has, geez, like 30-plus skate parks. Um, They were comfortable doing it out of concrete because it's pretty much, you know, you you, you can't hurt it uh, once it's built. It's concrete, so they gave the green light for us to do it out of concrete, even though the, the costs of initially building it were, I'm sure, exponential to doing it out of, dirt and finishing it with anything whether it was soil tack or asphalt but uh you know in the end it it turned out to be really really cool i was a little nervous about whether it would be slippery um but uh, you know traction's not bad so long as you have we rode in the rain remember that day yeah yeah Yeah, it was fine yeah on a a bmx race bike those style tires no problem at all if you're on a hardtail mountain bike you want to put some smooth tires on so that you and I have knobbies and tractions you know it's not an issue at all so I guess going back to where I'd originally started we, we just we got shot down because there was a, a disconnect between what it was we were proposing and what it was that the, the city thought we were proposing mm-hmm. and once I had the opportunity to, to really break it down and take them step by step here's what it is there's not significant issues with liability, certainly no more than you're assuming with skate parks. Here's the options on how it can be constructed and you can do it out of concrete and you won't have any of these maintenance issues. They were completely on board and actually got really, really excited about it. And it became the focal point of uh, a 13 acre community park. We have this 20,000 square foot corner of it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it, it, it's, the, the highlight of the park, it's by far since it's opened, it's gotten the most amount of use, the most amount of press the most amount of excitement and buzz um, and I'm really, really hopeful that it'll be a blueprint for helping people get similar type facilities Nice
1: Yeah, that's no, super cool, we already um, directed Chris to the YMCA which they're building a new one in the next couple of years over by us and uh, we already kind of started got the wheels in motion to maybe potentially uh do some cool stuff over there as well so
0: pump track nation
1: yeah and it's a great like say it's great just sending everybody to all that media there that you guys got because it's like it's
0: well the good news is you know and you know san Diego's not small right it's it's a player as far as cities are concerned so to see a city like san diego do it and a conservative one at that um to to embrace that and bring that on i think it's it makes it. It makes other people or other municipalities or townships probably say, "Okay, well, if they can do that, we can probably, if they found a way to to make it pencil or to yeah, make it work it and to bring it on, and you know, then then why not? We can take it on. It's and it's funny because you know, no one, any decision, right, business or otherwise, like it's hard to be the first adopter, right, to be the first person to take the hit. Um, not that there hasn't been other pump tracks, but but that's a pretty good. You know, concrete pump track in a major thoroughway, highly dense area with a lot of people. Um, but you go there, and it's you know, it's almost like you need to take a ticket to, to get a run in because it can be really crowded yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we go early, yeah. obviously, so, you yeah. know, just to yeah. get yeah. that
2: session well, in. I guess one of the byproducts of having it done out of concrete is that yeah, you, you could skate on it or rollerblade on it or ride over. But you know what? That's fine. That's and yeah, fine. And it was originally designed. Or bikes only, and that was the intent behind um, the committee that I sat on in Parks and Rec. Actually, when we were going through the the process of planning and designing it, at their request was to have it bikes only. But they were adamant it'd be done out of concrete so that they didn't have to maintain it. I don't necessarily think they had the foresight to understand that if it was concrete, it could be ridden by anything. Right. Um, and I think the the surface turned out perhaps a little smoother than we had intended right right um but that's unsurprising because a skateboard park builder <laughs> did the finishing on right. it so they probably saw it and were like oh this will be the best thing ever right, yeah, yeah. so we, we we did not plan it to be a a skatable park um but you know, I, well I think, there's
0: certain parts on that where like when you hit the step up into the corner, yeah. like you can high side if you don't know what you're doing yeah, yeah. on a skateboard. Yeah, so
2: certainly. But and, and perhaps it would have been designed differently had it been an all scooter park from the from the beginning. Yeah, and it that may have been different. But either way, I mean I, I think inadvertently we created something that is super cool for the totally, skateboard community. Totally. And that's what's been really, really exciting for me to see. You know, at first, I was, I was a little bit bummed off of it just because there, at times, would be more skaters there than bikers, and it was, you know, busy, and you couldn't really ride it like you would want to ride it if it wasn't so busy, but then once I kind of got over it, particularly when you're seeing just families out there and five, six-year-olds on skateboards, and everybody's having a good time and smiling, you know, with the exception of a few bad apples, which, you know... I got a bad apples. ...human nature... But, oh, you did? Yeah, I got bad apple. at the, yeah. At the, the track?
0: skater. Yeah, I just asked the skater to like when he <laughs> exits to make sure he tries to grab his board or yell <laughs> right. that the board was flying, and then and it was funny. And that kid was actually pretty cool, but then this other guy who wasn't a kid; he's like 20. He's like, "What's well, dangerous
2: is your bike," and he said, "You're I'm like, oh man, like man,
0: yeah. really?" Yeah. They're yeah.
2: certainly. The there's certainly been some teething pains and yeah. and I, I think like new etiquette is all for sure. Learning everybody's got to learn how to play together yeah. and sandbox politics. It, it's been getting less and less busy since it's open because honestly, people are not getting bored of it, but the, the rush is less to go there because everybody's had a chance to to experience, and so it, everybody's not flocking there all at once, and it's made it a lot better. Um, but. Going back to seeing stuff on social media and stuff, I've just been blown away by the amount of engagement that it's not only had for, you know, personal social media to the extent that I've posted. Mm. Perhaps I hacked the algorithm there for that one, right? (laughs) Right. I guess you need people to comment and share your stuff, right? Right. Uh, But. You know, seeing the other stuff, like, it's been cool. Arlo's done a bunch of posts. I know you've done a bunch of posts. Yeah, like that. But yeah. A lot of see, skaters out as well. A lot of big that's name really, guys. That's what I was yeah, I yeah. See, yeah. Seeing the, the engagement that the skating community's had is just... Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's been unreal. Caballero's been out there with his kids. He's a super nice guy. McGrath He's was out there. there. McGrath's been out there. A lot of the skateboarding companies are just posting pictures of it. Yeah. Saw... Uh, I saw a bunch the, of DC, the
1: lead, DC guys were there when I was there. The lead
2: singer for Blink-182. I mean, uh, wow. And so you get all of yeah. these... All these people that are just posting pictures of the track or them riding the track and or videos, and they're getting hundreds of thousands of views, mm-hmm. uh, hundreds of comments, you know, tens of thousands of likes. And you go in and you read some of the comments, and it's just people have no idea that these mm. kinds of facilities even exist. Yeah. And I've noticed that a lot of the local skating community leaders are just digging it, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. reminds them of when they first started skating and um, learning how to carve and it's, it's a safe environment for them to do it while getting a workout and they're comfortable bringing their kids there to do it and they're really vocal about having these types of facilities and every new skate park that goes in mm-hmm. and that they're working on and the builder of this specific facility, Spawn Ranch, has already started implementing pump track style either tracks or runs nice. in like the last four parks that they've done nice so i I really think it's like it's it's
0: just like a a feature of
2: uh, becoming a normal feature of a park it's the new thing i mean i think skate parks are going to start having pump tracks and um you know perhaps it'll be able to start building a little bit of a bridge on relations between bikes and, and skaters
0: well truth be told they've always i should say they've always but it's it's always been a bit of an issue with skate parks and bikes riding at skate parks it's opened up a bit um, you know, because sometimes the lines are different and the pegs and you know might be messing up. I the think concrete the pegs mess stuff like coping and stuff. Yeah, like and, that, and I get yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, but you know, here this is technically designed for bikes, but par- with skates, right? Skateboards, right there. So yeah, any bridge that's built. And truth be told, if you're riding at a high level on, I think most people who ride at a high level in both arenas kind of don't mind.
1: But I've enjoyed meeting some new people, like yeah. a lot of older guys on mountain bike, you probably see that gentleman there every morning, really friendly guy, yeah. he looks about in his 50s, I, I, talking to people like him, and I've yeah. sp- I, when I talk to the skater kids, I ask him like, hey, how does this work, how does yeah. work? I saw a, I saw like, a, it was a cool like 90s style skateboard girls community, it was like one morning, there was like 10, you know, like surfer, 70s looking, you know, flare <laughs> jeans, long blonde hair, like moms, you know, like BMX moms, skater. But it was there, like these these older ladies that skateboard. And I asked them about their story and stuff. Because, well, we used to come to the skate park and take our kids, and then we, we started doing it ourselves. And now we've got our own little, you know, girls group that we go around and nice. the skate parks and hang out. We're all friends now, and like building our little communities, yeah. you know. And it's cool to listen to their stories as
2: well, you know. Nice. People do meetups out there as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of cool people out there as well. Nice. I met Eddie Viola. Yeah, he, every yeah. Sunday oh, yeah, morning, yeah, yeah. Eddie yeah, yeah. Fiola. Is, yeah, I got to hear some rad stories. Yeah. Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> every
1: Sunday morning, all the old Eddie. Fi- yeah. Eddie Fiola. He's got like uh, posse that yeah. follow him. Yeah. So if you want to, if Eddie Fiola goes on a Sunday morning, there's 30. There's a crew. You know, oh, 20 freestyle. Yeah. Freestyle guys that go with him, and yeah, I mean, them guys are cool. You know, so they're doing yeah. videos and stuff. Nice. So, um, and in the, in the same time, I re- obviously we all see the Velo Solution stuff online and, and follow all that stuff, and you know, obviously Johan. You know, the UCI Johan works for Velo Solutions now. And uh, I was talking to Tyler Brown when he got back from the Worlds. And I said, Is there any you know, talk or anything to pump track within the UCI? And he says, Yes. I guess Tyler talked to the Kevin guy. Yeah. And, and, and the conversation, there's some kind of conversation already going about, you know, uh, um, pump track worlds. About yeah. pump track and um, uh, hate Olympics. Um, and, and so I reached out to Johan on Facebook. I said, hey, is there any, you know, and same thing as Yeah, he said, this talk, you know, the, the, the ideas out there, you know,
2: so. Yeah, it's not uh, surprising but mm-hmm. Solutions has done a really good job from a marketing standpoint on having a, a world championship event that, a series they, 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 an event that they're hosting, right? It's their world championship mm-hmm. and they hold qualifiers at most, if not all of the facilities that they've built mm-hmm. uh, and, and, every, and their tracks yeah, are so of, branded all over world. the world yeah so if you you know i'm i'm not sure what the the criteria is maybe you win or, or a i think the winner some of, some of each them.
0: the winner i think it's the winner of each you get event a, you get a free trip podium, I think, to the you, world. Get, you get you're qualified for, to race to the, to world. the world championship and event. the cool thing is it's like you there's 26 inch 24 inch 20 inch bikes like different different yeah. bikes different all sizes wheels going wheels against matter. each other. all oh, wheels matter exactly and um, I was talking to somebody. I can't remember if it was Graf or Alec Bob, but um, but there was, like, a decision as to, like, which bike to ride. Because, well, Barry. I think Barry flipped. Yeah, Barry. That's yeah, right. Because, yeah, like, yeah. some, one track was better for a 20-inch oh, well, versus better. the other. But that that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. opens up to me. That opens up the market, you know, as far as, like, appeal and sales. And, you know, but, again, like, getting people on bikes is...
1: It surely it gave me paramount. some energy. I've been a little bit down on the whole race thing the last couple of years. And the the way it's looking, yeah. it's going to probably stay the same as it is. You know, we're going to have the same old complaints and gripes. So the pump track to me gives is obviously it's fun, as we all know, well, we've been doing it, but maybe some potential cool stuff we can do in the yeah. future with it you know For sure. and, and a lot of it happening here in san diego is is cool because they're making a place down at chula vista as well right park, Benita park
2: something yeah sweetwater sweetwater yeah they're having a bike park that's going in and right. i think there's also a second bike park that's going in because and, they're gonna have a like, jump trails too as well yeah yep. and those those will be dirt and i think parks and rec has hired someone to be staff full-time to handle maintenance out there but that, yeah that'll be done by the end of the year
1: nice Maybe we need to start doing a, a
2: pump track podcast, don't we? Pump track podcast. Yeah, get in there first. Pump track nation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, for, for all the people who have reached out, you know, what, what does it take? I think I've touched on it. You know, it takes educating the powers that be, whoever they are, on what it is that you're proposing and showing them that this is a viable, viable opportunity for people of all ages to um, have fun on any type of wheel. If you have a, an asphalt or a concrete service and um, to find out who it is that you need to be talking to, you know, if you have someone like a local organization, a nonprofit in San Diego, it's the San Diego Mountain Bike Association, or perhaps someone that is affiliated with the International Mountain Bike Association in your specific area. They're typically large groups of people that have a lot of advocates that will know who the exact land managers are for different areas and try and find out who it is that you need to talk to and bug them and don't stop bugging them until you get a meeting or have a conversation and it really just takes um, being willing to hear no and not quit and putting in the time and the energy and I think there's so much buzz and excitement around pump tracks now and there's so many resources out there where you can show where they've been successful in various areas that it's almost a no brainer once you can put together and articulate a, a good presentation of what it is that you want to do. You should be able to get some pretty good momentum on having an opportunity in your area.
1: And we can bring our kids. My daughter loves the pump track.
2: Yeah. You know, My Chris kids, Chris is the same. Yeah. It's like will go there
1: before. And we we take advantage gates. of it. We, we we hit the park after as well. <laughs> you know, my daughter that park is pretty pimp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my daughter says that's her favorite park, you know, yeah. next to the Rock pump wall, track. Yeah, it's like a yeah. big long um, activities for the kids so we can get in two hour window, you know, before ten o'clock Saturday morning. We've got a lot done.
2: Yeah. You know? yeah, good point. I I go out there with my four year old son at least three times a week and you know, he can ride the track and he's just learning how to stand up on his bike and pump around it. And, you know, he has a blast. He'll just do lap after lap after lap all day. And then I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I mean, I consider myself a pretty good bike handler. You're all right. You're all right. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all right. And, and, and I can do the same amount of laps as him on the exact same track and have the same amount of fun. And I'm not getting worn out with it because I can start linking together rollers and, and taking rhythms differently. And I'm riding the exact same track as my four-year-old kid. Or, you know, two-year-olds that are out there on Striders, and we're all riding the exact same facility, and everybody's having a blast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely talk more about that moving forward, I think, because it uh, continues to, to grow. Do we want to talk on a little bit of a scoop? Well, I mean, we haven't said we have done a podcast in three months. So we've all been, you know, listening and reading stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, lurking. Lurking, listening. You know, Tori's podcast is good. I think it's good that them guys... Um, you got a voice, they and you get to handle hear a, the
0: nitty gritty of the sport. Yeah, yeah, and you
1: get to hear a lot of guys that we probably yeah. don't really know or know much about. So that's been good. But one thing that I, I picked up on was um, I think the 15 website guy put a thing on about uh, I don't know. He started the, the World Championship for a challenge. I mm-hmm. thought that was a good little uh, conversation, and I think it's, the World Challenge Championships right. versus
0: the World Championships.
1: So Sylvain, I guess didn't really like that he thought he you know, stepped in a bit of doggy dude didn't he yes yeah, so I think so and uh, he said you know everybody, you don't need all this many world champions whatever and uh, yeah then there's a lot of comments and a lot of uh, um, uh, yeah opinions and so what, we talked about it and um, um, what do you think Jason you know should you be called a, a world champion as a 40 year old a 35 year old a 50 year old a, a women's six-year-old. cruiser well you six, know yeah, I think, and, and that, sure as I well. think that's
0: yeah. but that's BMX right like it Let's be real, like, BMX has always been, and I'm not saying it's right, but it's all, because it's such a participant-driven sport, meaning there are no fans really paying to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's the, the people watching are also there racing. Yeah, but be, It's always been a participant-driven sport. So, I mean, we think if just go back just to USA, the United States of America's history of BMX, it's like, you know, the, the ambassador of the sport. Can at times be a 10 expert, mm-hmm. right? Number one amateur, 10x. But he's 10x. How yeah, like, well, are yeah. you the number one amateur of the holes? Right. You know. So there's that. Um, you know, every age group there's a number mm-hmm. one. Every you know there's a Gold Cup one. There's an ROC one. There's a you know, and I'm sure there's probably versions of that in Europe, like where there's district or regional mm-hmm. or country. So as it pertains to the World Championship, I think both people are right, kind of. Because, look, if BMX were at a major league level, right, basketball or soccer or football or um, baseball, sure, like, it's very clear, like, yeah, one world champion, everyone else is, you know, whatever winner of their local or their age group. Yeah. But but that's not the case. So as long as BMX, the, the major as long as the fans are active, are are actively supporting the sport by having to be there and race mm-hmm. the event, it's kind of hard to delineate, so to speak, you know, too much. So, so that person's there; they're at the Worlds. There are Spended other people money. from other countries. You did have to qualify to get there. Yeah. I know it's called Challenge, but. Your world, you you leave there with a world number one. Yeah, play. I think anybody so, that wins is going to say world champion. So you are going to say would, world champion, yeah. and the truth is, like if you are pro world champion, then I think that kind of supersedes.
1: Yeah, whatever. I don't think age group. Uh, Joe Blow winning forty and over cruiser or ten X is not going to dilute. Correct. You know, uh, Twan Van Gent now, or you right. know, Sylvain last year. So I don't think it really. Yeah, it's not like changed that. It's not like them.
0: that dude. From, what is he from the Netherlands or whatever? That I don't know his mm-hmm. name. No, not Twan. I mean, the guy who okay. wrote, the, wrote the rebuttal. Yes, uh, to, Robin van der Kolk. Like It's yeah. not like that guy is like pushing up on Sylvain's Volkswagen sponsorship. Right. Like, it's very clear that yeah. Sylvain is an Olympian, right. that he gets paid to do this. Mm-hmm. That's his job. So, um, you know, I, I think I think there's another piece to it where obviously we're in Because let's tell the
1: people that don't know. So Robin right. van der Kolk. Um, I guess he's the guy that's been winning a lot of the mid-20s to 30s uh, mm-hmm. world championships and, you know, two more world titles every year and has and, won a lot. And I think maybe with his, he posted after a couple of days after, so obviously he was responding and so obviously that's who they really yeah. kind of meant. My you know? question
0: though is because there has been, I don't know if there are, but there have been, excuse me, there have been people who would like <laughs> essentially race elite in the European series, but then go to the Worlds and, and race and drop down and race challenge, which,
1: yeah, maybe that's kind of that. soft. Right. Right. Understand. Like,
0: come on. Like if you're going to be elite,
1: yeah. Race elite. Right. Understand. You know, yeah. or just kind of don't race, yeah, you know, yeah. like,
0: um, by the way, I reclassified to amateur. Um, yeah, you got your signature? <laughs> I got yeah, my signature. Yeah. Uh, no,
1: it was actually quite easy. The, so road, thank to, you. the road to Houston. So, so thank you. Thank you, Matt <laughs>
0: Dallas. <laughs> thank you, Charles Robinson. And thank right. you, Corey Mitch, for the signatures so that I can reclassify. Right. However... Um, yeah, but if you're gonna race like race elite, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden like, oh well, it's the world, and I'm not gonna qualify, so I'll race this. It's like, eh, come on. I think there's, a – but ch- I don't. I, I get it. Not everyone, not everyone can or wants to devote their life to race elite. To race elite, yeah, and that is a big, especially doing it as a living. So you know, I mean, if you think about it, the world champions would not be a thing really Without if it them. wasn't for the challenge classes. So like you know i think the the thing to do is embrace that mm-hmm. and and like be the champion of champions in my opinion yeah and like beat and lead out and be you know kind
1: of like take that on it's like oh yeah like and happy if, to if, be, and if robin van der kort wants to put on his instagram 10 times world champion and then go and do cool positive things in holland at his yeah. local school or something more power to him i exactly. mean it's more more people that are going to get the, the talk about bmx and uh, you know uh, i know in the 80s how prestigious following the world championships and that you know Shelby James right. Eric Carter uh, in England we Todd a, Lyons Todd Lyons you know still milking it smoking you know, fools yeah yeah 30 smoking years smoking them fools that guy's still milking it 30 yeah. years later yeah, you know still so, milking yeah. it 30 years <laughs> later still milking still it, it
2: as everybody should that has won their age group right. out, at the world championships yeah. I, I think undoubtedly they're the world champions yeah they, no, they, I agree, yeah. they were racing in a yeah. national field of people that were in their age and they were the fastest in the world on that day. You, you're the fastest in the world. You're a world champion. I don't know what else to call it.
1: In the 80s and 90s, more of the 80s, the guys that became world champion, which is a lot of young guys, a guy called David Moore. He won three in a row. He won uh, right. 84, 85, 86. He's since passed away. Right. Uh, but, like, his legacy, he was on TV. He rode for a factory team. He was... Yeah. And, and no, people I mean, still talk I, about I, him now, you As know? a
0: kid who never went to the world yeah. racing amateur, like, that was... I always wanted to yeah. like, Go to that different country And I You know I didn't race Dylan Clayton Until Dylan he, another he guy He came yeah, to the yeah. US yeah. And raced us But I wanted to race and him And you because was really like Hey him. the world champions Here exactly, in the Exactly so you know? Know? okay let's Yeah um, yeah He ain't me Or right. whatever Yeah um, I think he did Roger's hold it <laughs> But, your but your yeah <laughs> But my point is like That You know Like recognizing that as, yeah. as the world thing So I just think it's like You know You don't want to really piss On someone's parade No Really I mean I, I understand it From a standpoint But like it, it just What is it It's kind of stupid But burning out Blowing out someone else's candle Doesn't make yours Burn any brighter No, true, right? true So truth. But I I, don't, I also don't think Sylvan was doing that on, I think I think he was coming From the standpoint of like I am an elite I am a pro And, it, and you know Having all of this You know in his eyes, probably like this diluted, like, well, wait, how can this sport have, mm-hmm. you know, like in baseball or soccer, like, there's, well, there's one FIFA World Cup
1: champion, there's one, yeah, there's yeah. one
0: world champion in Major League Baseball. But I
1: think we have to go back to we we're, it's a niche sport, it's, we're not going to be on yeah. TV, we're not going to, no one's making millions, and it, it we got to accept it is what it is. You've got the Olympics who gets a little mm-hmm. couple months shine next year for mm-hmm. a bunch of the guys and girls, and unless you are Mariana. You know, it's 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 it is what it is and it's not gonna change, you know. Right. I think we can make well, it the best But the thing it, is but the thing is can you be, can you know? make it,
0: it can change, but I think you can be part of it, right? right. Like I said, I think a Sylvan or a Tuan or any any elite level world champion can like really take that on and it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe communicate to all those world champions. Like yeah. have a champions champion like training camp or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just kinda own that space. It's right. like, you know, like hey, I want all the world champions, the winners of this, mm-hmm. to take a picture with me with my jersey on. Right. And now it's like, you know what I mean? Now he's like the leader or she's like yes, the leader of all the these other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that actually lends more credibility to everyone's mm-hmm. title and the sport. Because the other thing about this sport, which I think is awesome, is, is it is a participant-driven sport. Right? So like… I mean, clearly, there are people who ride a bike who just cannot do what Silva and Andre can do, mm-hmm. which is obvious, right? There's, like, people I cannot do, nor do I want to do mm-hmm. what any of the elites do on those tracks anymore. I don't want to do it. No. I'm happy to watch them do it and enjoy it. And I can ride at a high level, just mm-hmm. like you, just like Chris, right? So, so I think that's the beauty is that this is a participant-driven sport as well, and I think that can be leveraged, mm-hmm. like... In a lot of different ways, just maybe not in the traditional ways. But why would it be
2: leveraged in a traditional way or not a traditional sport? No, I don't think there's very, very many, if any, challenge champions that consider themselves that accomplishment at the same level as an elite or a junior elite. Who, yeah, they all respect whoever who yes. earns jersey. They do respect. So yeah. if if Sylvian was concerned about you know his title being diminished because of somebody you know claiming themselves as being a world champion. There's really nothing you could do about it. It's just human nature. You're going to have people out there who are going to boast or try and create some sort of Mm -hmm. a a reality that's, you know, not quite real. I mean, you see it on Instagram all the time. That's just, that's never going to go away. Hashtag best
1: life ever. I see, I'm friends with a lot of these, especially the English guys, they take it very, a lot of those guys race those challenge classes, you know, in the older age group. Or, you know, my friends from, I've known a long time and I like to follow, you know, even though it gets a bit, much during the Worlds and Europeans, being on Facebook, but I enjoy reading people's journeys and stories. Yeah. and old guys that have you know won or come second or third. Anybody that makes the World Main, you know, these older guys—they're stoked, There's you know. Drama. And
0: it's drama. Yeah. It's yeah. drama at the yeah. Worlds. I don't care yeah. what class you race. Like you know, walking so that, up that hill, quarter, semi-main yeah. time. Like I don't care who you are, what class it is. You're feeling it.
1: Yeah, right? and you get a World play. I don't think it matters what yeah. uh, category it's in. It's like it's a big deal, you yeah. know. And you see them talk about it, read it, and. post Posted on Facebook. Yeah. So I'll let him have that shine, you know. I think, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. If everybody wants to call himself world champion, so what, you know. So, so a lot of people I look to. A lot of the Australians in the 80s. You know, we never got to see the Australians. The Daniel mm-hmm. Sprags And uh, I just saw he got into the Australian... Hall of Famer guy, in my age group, called Andrew Figlamini, oh, wow. who was a multi-world champion in my age group. I always followed him through the yeah. magazines, but I never got to right. see him like right. a, a myth, legend type thing. But it was because this guy was the world champion in my age, you know? Yeah. So, BJ Gant yeah, BJ Gant yeah. You know, that's his so,
0: that's his Twitter or his Instagram 80s, handle. Eighty seven world champ, <laughs> yeah, something like that. But BJ Gant's dope, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. BJ Gant is dope. Yeah, like yeah. when I think back to those pictures of him on Eagle Snacks or Craft with that kind of cross mm-hmm. up yeah. one of those weird lips style, yeah. oh my gosh it's
1: like just don't talk to yeah. Reynolds about that man oh sorry Craig. I just talked to Craig earlier right. <laughs> anyways but what um, I mean Shelby finish it off with Shelby James has been gone from BMX what 30 years As he still, and he's still, still got a about legacy it. exactly yeah, never even got to 50 next never mind pro yeah, he but did because I was Way behind him in second place, but 16 had in already Bono's. gone this right. Oh, yeah. 16. Pretty much, yeah. I
0: raced him at the NBL Grands in 15 and 15X and 15 Cruiser and 15 Open, but a legend, and just, yeah. oh my gosh, like the leads he would have on us were like ridiculous, right?
1: David Milham, another world's guy, you boom, know. So, David Milham. Uh, let's finish it up. There was uh, something else I was going to talk about about current racing. Uh, I guess the race last week finish it up China on so there was what China, China and then and the there was Rockstar the, race. the Rockstar
0: race and you know shout out to Rockstar for like making that really cool and bringing their athletes their riders out there so you had all the you had the BMX crew you had the freestyle crew the dirt jumping crew or, yeah. and it was really cool to see everyone come together on that and see Chad Curley like and, and Nastasia the rollers, riding the BMX yeah. track and mm-hmm. having fun on the rhythm section and then um, you know Brooke Crane and um, you know just just everybody just hanging out together so that's nice and I think BMX needs more of that a lot more of that Mm -hmm. Um, if anyone wants to get more of that like Jerry Bagley's podcast with Chris Doyle that's a good
1: podcast I listened to it Is that That's the a very good podcast Okay they've been drinking At the same time Yeah right? yeah been... Yeah that um... No I did listen to it Because they you talked told about Some of the sponsorship But they and getting... talked about How he was the first Red Bull athlete Yeah I did listen to that and, one Yes and, yes uh, And
0: I was interested in it Because I was obviously Teammates with Jerry yes, Bagley On Mosh yes. and, and you know we kind of had He talked some... about Sam Cutting him and A little bit yes, of that yes. Right yes. so there was So that was kind of A cool part for me To hear some of the stuff That I didn't know Right Because I got dropped Before he did Right But um but no, but it was, I think our sport needs more yeah. of this kind of community That was a good. Po- that is a good podcast. And to, this, yes, and and all that. So, um, but what I what I'm curious about because there was a lot of money um, that was up for grabs at, between the China race and the Rockstar race was why weren't some top elites at either of those races who weren't injured? Right. Yeah. Given the complaints we've heard
1: about the lack of money, training, training. Mm. Did you want to touch on Kim and I, I What I did like. I want to touch
0: on Kim and going from seventh, yeah, to first. That was. But what cool. I we talked about. On we the can't. And, and truth be told, big hill or not, the argument of BMX being follow the leader can Like we can't make that. No one can make that argument anymore because in truth, and and probably a little bit before this, but but between the Olympic final in Rio mm-hmm. and now, like. BMX is like the tracks are just not that follow the leader. Like these guys are and girls, women are riding great races, whether they're start to finish wins or coming from behind. But there's a lot of stuff going on on the track. So to call it follow the leader pump track racing, I think is not fair to the is not fair to the argument. Yeah, whether understand. you like the big hill or not,
1: right? I Understand. Do you think Kim and winning is more because? He was, it was because obviously there was two races in one day. He was more in shape than anybody. Is it better or is it because it was a long? I like, I thought because it was a long track and you obviously see him blow down that last straight. And Sylvain's the guy that normally. Yeah, that was people. the impressive yeah, part. Yeah. He yeah. passed
0: Sylvain and Sylvain's known to, you know, be- between them. him and Kai White, they're, they're, you don't want those two behind you right. on, the first, on the last straight. Kim and we're used to seeing win and start to finish and he he pulled it out. Maybe more
1: laps, more longer yeah, last but straight, I gotta tell uh, you, it up a little well, bit more. One, you know? I
0: mean the Papendal track is not short, right? So if you're doing those are huge efforts from start to finish. So I mean I remember having, you know, as the announcer, as the commentator, going from Manchester to Papendal, like I remember going, Man, like we're still announcing this race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because well, we came off of week. Manchester, which was like twenty-five seconds, and then you go to a track that's ten seconds longer. So so they're used to doing – when they do full laps, they're used to doing those long, big efforts. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, would, I would argue that, you know, it, that a lot of Dutch riders are in great shape mm-hmm. going back to Robert DeVille.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, He's
0: passed me a few times on the last straight. Yeah, yeah, that.
2: I mean, so. I think tracks that are wide open, too, they allow for better racing coming through the pack. Yep. If you've got a track that's got a really tight rhythm section or pro jumps that are pretty short – I think your speed is kind of limited by how fast you can take a certain obstacle i mean obviously you can go a little bit faster than someone else but if the jump's super short for the speed that you're going you're going to have to check up so that you can get some backside but when tracks are wide open and they have larger jumps or really long backsides uh, you can really really make up a lot of space because if you're just a far and away a better bike handler you can make some significant time gains on somebody who's got lesser skill than you and i think that's what we saw with him we saw him swing way wide in the first turn so that he could have clear track uh see what was happening with everybody in front of him so that he had time to maneuver and just drop in like almost yeah. kind of like a high low yeah. and, and just get a massive amount of momentum down the second straightaway and he did it again yeah and, and he was <laughs> able to carry and, and increase that momentum all throughout the straightaway rather than having to check up and just ride the speed that the track mandated he could just keep accelerating through all of the obstacles and while everybody was just getting balled up in traffic he was finding clear track and pick everyone off yeah. one by one I mean he was in a position for the win when he was midway down the third street he yeah makes sure nobody maybe.
1: hit contact as messes flow up and yeah. he was yeah he, he really was uh, that was technically on top of the no it was a good race to watch it, was a good race it reminds to watch. me of you know we uh, Orlando. you know it's still a joke now I see you down the last trade at Orlando last it was a guy that's a lot of laps during that weekend a, a tiring weekend because you've been on the road for two weeks Big in Florida efforts, right and a lot you know and who was in shape you know Romero was the king of saying you know Know, see, see that, that last, last straight, straight. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was cool and maybe that's something for the future they should you know could you imagine Kai White Sylvain and uh, Kimman oh, yeah. Olympic final all 1, 2 and 3 going into the last corner with a long last straight how cool would that be Yeah, you know so um, food for thought cool well that was good I think we uh, covered some good stuff been talking for an hour we'll do, yeah. it. we'll do it again I'm back in podcast mode I'm hoping to do uh, I've got quite a few lined up I'm hoping to do Big E Oh, so be great. yeah, yeah, we've been talking. Can I go on that one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, all right. I messaged him today. We're going to hop in the car. Hopefully, if he's free next week, and, and okay. go up. So go um, to Yoshimura. If, if that's where he's, yeah, he hasn't responded yet. No, that would um, be
0: cool. Biggie and TC.
1: Yeah, also, at the same time. I'd love to get get more into E-team. the the nineties uh, behind yep. the scenes guys. I think There's some great stories yep, that need to yep, be told. Yep, and yep, yep. Um, and hopefully, we'll get Thunder. Maybe when he's down here um, for Hall of Fame, so Thunder. We probably should take a kit.
0: To Hall of Fame, yeah. and just like walk around Do and a like, bunch. get get some spot interviews. Yeah, now I think
1: some Yeah, people. Yeah, be some good, especially when they have got a couple yeah. of drinks in them. You know. We'll, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> pre-drinks, post-drinks, right? Two different, completely yeah. podcasts. But anyway, I'm gonna get back into the podcasting now. Camp's done, so we'll definitely keep this rolling. And and hopefully, we get like a
0: confident, just one double A Thunder Dan, right? Because he's good when he's yeah, like that. yeah, he's yeah. That I think
1: there's a lot to learn. Like I say I've, <laughs> I've said it numerous times. Oh yeah, the stuff that. Gary Ellis and Danny Nelson did when I was in the car with those guys and, and Greg as well and at the time I'm like I don't get it why they don't practice much they only do a couple mm-hmm. games they don't race yeah, open yeah. very ahead of the game mentally yeah. and tactically
0: but uh, I think I think that could be said I mean because I watch you like when I watch you or Todd Lyons like and he's explaining those races mm. I just look at that stuff because I was at those races I'm mm. like what an idiot I was! Like, right. like the way you're looking back and kind of checking your shoulder, yeah, checking and yeah, your foot out, and how, like, I didn't read racing that way. Because
1: we came, you came from the power of running right. out front. Yeah, I, yeah, but it was just so, like, I mean, I think age. about like
0: my career, and I'm like, damn, like, how did I even go,
1: right? Because she was already. How winning. did I even yeah. make a buck, right? Yeah. But then, like, <laughs> you
0: know, so it's just so interesting to hear you say that yeah. about about Danny and Gary and you know but i think we all kind of look at each other yeah. and look back and go oh learned a lot of each other yeah I think. You like, we all because
1: oh. we was traveling so yeah. much together was 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 picking pieces from each other's yeah. pies you know romero i never knew about oatmeal or egg whites i saw greg, yeah yeah greg romero did it before me mm-hmm. and i jumped on that hey everyone, i need egg whites as well yeah but everyone you know? knew
0: John Burst <laughs> was going to dive in the last quarter <laughs>
1: All right, let's leave it at that. Chris, thanks again. We'll do it again.
0: Yeah. Awesome, thanks guys. Thanks,
1: Jason. And uh, see everybody next time. Cheers. Peace.